may be creative when it comes to New Year's resolutions. This will be the year I social distance seven, no eight feet apart. But tax authorities tend to keep things simple with the same sweeping promises they make every January. More scrutiny, more transfer pricing adjustments, and more penalties. Well, they might not be the most inventive, but they do keep their word, don't they? Hello, everyone, and Happy New Year. It's Matthew DeMello, your host of The Fiona Show, Hot Off the Press, Cross-Border Solutions, Weekly Transfer Pricing in the News podcast. Welcome to 2022, with tax authorities and government officials homing on multinational companies' transfer pricing. We can't promise you necessarily an easy year ahead, but we can tell you that whatever earth-shattering changes are on the horizon, we'll be talking about them right here on this podcast every week the whole year through. Now, how's that for an original New Year's resolution? But first, a message from my friends and yours at Cross Border Solutions. Hi, I'm Matthew DeMello, and you may know me as the host of the Fiona Show Cross-Border Solutions Weekly Transfer Pricing Podcast. And while I love to discuss transfer pricing, this podcast isn't the only place you can hear me doing it. Cross-Border Solutions recently relaunched Transfer Pricing University, a live webinar series where you can learn about modern-day transfer pricing, everything from methodologies to comparables to preparing documentation to meet country-specific regulations. Good stuff, I know. Chief Economist Mimi Song leads the sessions. I just ask the occasional obvious question. Since our program is NASBA certified, you can earn one CPE credit for joining each session. Pretty sweet. So what are you waiting for? Join us for Transfer Pricing University Weekly. Classes are free, so now you really have no reason to miss it. Sign up at xbs.ai slash tpu. expect from transfer pricing in 2022? Well, it's not like we have a crystal ball or anything, but we are paying attention to tax authorities around the world, and from what we can tell, the news isn't great. While we were hoping that 2022 would bring fewer COVID challenges to taxpayers, Omicron has revived social distancing and remote work in many places, at least for the moment, and some industries could see changes to their benchmark rates due to the disruption. For transfer pricing, this means, well, complications. With databases on a two to three year delay, arm's length ranges may be out of whack. And so tax executives can expect to explain why they are experiencing losses. Be convincing. Mergers and acquisitions seemed as fashionable as face masks in 2021, hitting an all-time high of $5.53 trillion, which means that businesses will have to revisit their transfer pricing models, intercompany agreements, and transactions, and get the transfer pricing initiatives of those merging companies on the same page. And let's not forget transfer pricing regulations, which continue to change all the time. In 2021, Italy came out with new guidance. Jordan, Thailand, and Paraguay formalized new transfer pricing regulations. And the UK is introducing new transfer pricing documentation requirements soon. So, you ask? Sorry to break it to you, but new legislation usually means more scrutiny and that's exactly what we're anticipating for 2022. If the EU's New Year resolution is to prevent shell companies from being used for tax avoidance and evasion, it's off to a good start. On December 22, 2021, the EU Commission released a proposed directive, full of consequences, in hopes of eliminating such tax schemes. 
the directive denies tax benefits and in some cases slaps on withholding taxes to entities who are shell companies. And for the most egregious offenders, it also adds new reporting requirements. Now, do we have your attention? <laughs> Perhaps most importantly, though, the directive offers guidance on how tax authorities can detect companies that, quote, merely exist on paper, unquote. How? The directive outlines three levels of indicators that suggest a company could be a shell existing solely for tax purposes. If a company meets even one of those criteria, it's flagged and denied certain tax benefits. If it's flagged under all three criteria, then the company will be held to additional reporting requirements. So what are these indicators? The first asks tax authorities to look at the last two years of a company's income and see how much of it is passive. If it's 75%, the company will be called out. The second level of indicators determines if most of the entity's assets are located outside the country or most of the transactions are cross-border. If more than 60% of the book value of the company's assets are located outside the country or at least 60% of business transactions stem from transactions with other jurisdictions, then that's a signal the company could be a shell. The third level of indicators looks at the company's management and staff to see how much of the business is conducted in-house. If over the last two years, day-to-day -day operations were outsourced, then again, that's a signal something's up. Having just one indication is bad enough, but if a company meets all three criteria, then things get even worse. Companies will have to defend their economic substance in their tax returns, including, of course, supporting documentation. If a company wants to contest the determination, it can, and the directive outlines how, starting with establishing the commercial, as in non-tax, reasons for its existence and the decision-making that takes place at the entity. Tax authorities may love country-by-country -country reports, but multinational companies, not so much. But that didn't stop Greater Manchester Pension Fund and the Oblate International Pastoral Investment Trust, two major stakeholders in Amazon, from requesting that Amazon begin reporting its tax information in a country-by-country -country manner, adhering to the Global Reporting Initiative, or GRI's, standards. The investment research consultancy representing the shareholders emphasized that tax transparency is extremely important to investors and that certain quote-unquote artificial structures used to lessen corporate tax burdens create significant risks for shareholders. If that weren't enough of a reason to force the country-by-country -country issue, there's always pillar two. In October, 136 jurisdictions signed on for the OECD's two-pillar global tax revamp, which includes for companies reaching a certain threshold, pillar one, a means of allocating profits to jurisdictions based on where customers reside and not where a company is physically located, and pillar two, which is a 15% global minimum tax and will be calculated on a country-by-country -country basis. Many companies have been down this road before as the OECD brought the advantages of exposing country-by-country -country reporting to light in the 2015 BEPS action plan. The good news is the GRI standard requires less information and also offers some wiggle room in terms of calculations. But if income tax payments are out of sync with a country's statutory tax rate, then Amazon, like other companies, 
will have some explaining to do. And would you look at that? Now you're all caught up on the latest in transfer pricing, feeling the runner's high of a quick jog through the headlines. Well, then you're going to love the other shows in Cross-Border Solutions Tax Podcast Suite. That's the Fiona Show R&D Tax Credit, the Fiona Show Tax Provision, and our anchor program, the Fiona Show Transfer Pricing. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's the Fiona Show hot off the press, and we'll keep you up to date on the latest regulation changes in the jurisdictions that matter to you the most. My name is Matthew DeMello, and they let me host, edit, and engineer this podcast. Mary Lynn Mitchum-Strom is our executive producer and wrote today's script. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll catch you next week. Thank you.